0: So I get a text message the other day from a friend of mine who goes to church here. In fact, he's here today. I'm not gonna tell you who he is. He's over on this side about the fifth pew in the middle. But that's And I get a pastor, hi pastor, this is Sam Still. Oh, sorry. Uh, I know it's a sin to boast, so I'll hold commentary. And that's the text I got. And knowing Sam and knowing where he had been, I knew I was about to get pictures of fish. He was fishing in the Pacific off of British Columbia. And so I get this picture. <coughs> and then I get this picture. About this time I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm just not happy at this then picture number three comes. Steam is coming off of my head about this time. Number four comes, and I'm seething. (laughs) And then this salmon in number five comes. So, I think I'm in a mall when I get these pictures. And he's there, sending me pictures rubbing it in. This is my response. Please delete my number from your phone <laughs> and find another church. <laughs> That's what I sent him, it really is. And then after I sent it, you ever sent something hoping that the person that you sent it to realize you're just messing with them? <laughs> He, he knew I was immediately. He in fact shared it with his wife, I think. and said, look what David is." So, I was relieved. I, I'm not on social media. I don't tweet, whatever that is. I'm not on Facebook, whatever that is. I still think MySpace is still active, whatever that was. And so, I, I don't do those things because people can get in trouble with that, can't they? I mean, people can really mess up friendships and mess up reputations by sending things. And after I sent it in jest I was, I was like, oh Lord let him know I'm messing with it. And, and, and I'm thinking, I'm preaching on gentleness this coming Sunday and that was the tweet that I started or the text that I sent. So pray for your pastor in what's going on. It, it's hard to believe we're in the eighth week of our study on the the 8th week. Founding Galatians 5, we've been looking at the byproduct of our, con- our connection to God and the Holy Spirit. So once we come to Christ, we begin to change. And that change involves what we've looked over the past seven weeks. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, which was generosity, faithfulness last week, and now today, gentleness. The best definition that I've found for gentleness, and I love this one, is gentleness is power under God's control. Power under God's control. And there's some amazing biblical examples of this, and powerful examples of gentleness. And I begin in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, we find the story of a gentle man in a family squabble moses married we're going to get to this we're not far from it moses married a woman named Zipporah. and moses as you know was a rock star the children of israel saw great things through his leadership and and everybody was just amazed at what moses had done and you think about it moses is just all that than some And you're his brother or you're his sister. You think there could be some sibling issues there? You think that might happen? Moses had a brother named Aaron and a sister named Miriam. And one day Miriam begins to complain and try to get her brother Aaron to agree with her. So we get to Numbers 12, verses 1 through 10. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses Because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So evidently brother and sister aren't approving of Moses' choice of a wife. Or they're attacking him through his wife. So they said, has the Lord not indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? You see the jealousy creeping in there? Moses has done all this. God used us too. People ought to know our names. Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard them. Now, the man Moses, we're told, was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses, to Aaron, and to Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. Remember family meetings growing up? Do you ever have family meetings going up when there might be some dissension going on? Okay, you all come over here. And it's God who will get to them. You come to the tabernacle of me. So they came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. I don't know how he just, I, I don't know how he did it. And they both came forward. And then they get to talk. He said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I the Lord make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with Moses. He's faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, Moses? Can you see Aaron and Miriam now? Can you imagine how they felt? The anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. When the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Aaron turned towards Miriam and there she was a leper so let's stop here for a moment the original text seems to indicate that miriam started the dissension, and so this is the reason that she was that first with leprosy. and now moses sees this and aaron sees this and they had choice uh, choice About how to deal with this event and what has happened to their sister. Moses could have laughed and said, See, don't mess with me. He could have done that. And Aaron could have played the blank game and said, It was all her, Moses. It wasn't I'm so. It, it was her. I didn't. But let's look at their responses. We see Aaron's response in verse 11. So Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, Please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly in which we have sinned. Immediately Aaron confesses. Immediately Aaron did exactly what he should have done. He was not about to throw Miriam under the bus. He is guilty and he sought forgiveness. And so now they're looking at Moses. His sister the leper, his brother shaking, scared to death. Forgive us of this. In verse 13, gives us Moses' response. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. That is the perfect example of gentleness. Power under God's control. Had you been Moses with this type of power over your siblings? What might you have done? Ever wanted to zap a sibling or two? Another name for gentleness is meekness. Meekness is far from weakness. It is nothing weak at all. And here, Moses is not in a position of weakness, is he? Moses is in a position of great strength and great power. And look what he does. He chooses To be gentle. I found this about gentleness. And I love what I'm going to tell you. I love it so much I'm going to tell you a few times during the course of this story. When we are gentle, we are not sensitive about ourselves. When we are gentle, we are not sensitive about ourselves. We do not place our feelings first. We place others before us. We are not always on the defensive because all of that is gone. To be gentle means that we have finished with ourselves altogether, and that we put the well-being of others before ourselves. It's a great place to get to. It is a goal hopefully we have. And we will put others before ourselves even when we are right. Let's look at another example of gentleness. New Testament. So, early on, the book of Acts tells us about how the early church is exploding with growth. And the disciples are overwhelmed with the task of caring for so many people. So they appoint seven men, and some could say these are the first deacons. They appoint seven men to take care of business and tasks, while the disciples are free to preach and teach. You remember that happening? The first name man named in this matter to be a helper, or the first deacon, is a man named Stephen. You remember Stephen? We meet him first in Acts chapter six, beginning at verse two. So they're kind of helpers, and it says, then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Let us preach, and then you'll take care of the people. In the same pleased the whole multitude, and look at number one on the list who they chose. And they chose Stephen. A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And didn't mention others without commentary on their lives. Philip, Perchorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenus, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. whom they set before the apostles, when they prayed, they laid hands on them. And so now Stephen's a deacon. Able to help people and minister to them. Lies were told about Stephen. And he was taken away to be stoned to death in the next chapter. He didn't last long. So they gather and a horrible way to die, throwing rocks at him. If you recall the story, you remember there was a young man man named Saul who was there watching. That's the story. You can read it in Acts chapter 7. So he's done nothing wrong. He's been described as a man full of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith. And he's killed. Wrong. I want to read you his dying words. Verse 60 of Acts chapter 7. He knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. When he said that, he knelt with That is gentleness. That is power under God's control. Can you imagine your last words? That's power under God's control. Wrongly accused, false charges, and a violent death. Would you think he'd be justified to call some fire down from heaven? Lord, these people, make them lepers, do something. But what Stephen does is so gentle, so godly. His actions helped me better understand the prayer of John the Baptist found in John 3.30. A great prayer for all of us. He must increase. I must decrease. We spend our life without that. And that was true in Stephen's life. God increased so much that in his last breath, he was Christ-like. He prayed for his killers. So let me repeat what I said earlier. When we are gentle, we are not sensitive about ourselves. We do not place our feelings first. We are not always on the defensive. All that is gone. And to be gentle means that we finish with ourselves altogether. We put the well-being of others before ourselves. Even when we are lying. Now to the greatest example. To Jesus, and you know the story well. A perfect, sinless life. Lied about, falsely accused, killed on a cross, the cruelest form of death we know of in the world. And on that cross, Luke tells us in chapter 23, beginning in verse 32. There were also two others, criminals led with him to be put to death. When they come to a place called Calvary, there they crucified. And the criminals, one on his right hand, the other on his left. And then Jesus said, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do." After he had been beaten, after he had been spat upon, after he had been lied about, after he had done nothing wrong, after they put nails in his hands and his feet, and placed a crown of thorns on his head, and mocked. Him, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they did. At that moment, had He chosen, Jesus could have called legions of angels from heaven and zapped everyone on the planet. But what did He do? He prayed for those who killed Him and wronged Him. What a beautiful quality of gentleness. That God... Spirit of God and the Son of God practice today with all of us. With all of us. Aren't you glad that God has been gentle with you? If we got what we deserved, I imagine we'd all be long gone by now. I loved it when David Beasley said the offertory prayer today that I get up to preach. We go back a long way. And there was probably a time when he should have prayed and I shouldn't have preached. Is that fair to say, David Beasley? Oh, yeah. That's very fair to say. But God changes us and forgives us and sustains us. Gives us, well, what the Scripture say? We become new creations. The old has passed away. And we, when we become new creations, part of that is gentleness. Be gentle with one another. Be gentle with that abrasive co-worker or neighbor. Be gentle with that family member that you want to inflict with leprosy at times. Be gentle with yourself. God loves you. He sees great things. You should. Let's pray.